Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro, college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You always find latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use your promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts, was a proud sponsor of the Boss Man Show on your radio. Boss Man Show. It was special guest with a new book out, Brighter Ways Forward. Reflections on sports, tech, social, <laughs> economic mobility. My man, Dr. Marcus Bright out of Florida. Dr. Bright, how you doing, my good brother? I'm blessed. I'm grateful to be on with the Boss Man. Let's get it. Yes, indeed, Dr. Bright. I, I read reading your bio. We have something in common. Masters. Public administration. Yes, sir. <laughs> MBAs <laughs> all day on this line right now. We MBAs. Administer in the public. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. I was like, oh, I was the same master, the same degree. Yes, sir. 
that, but you went a little farther now, did I see I, I tapped out, bro. I tapped out. Hey, it's all good. Now I gotta ask you, Dr. Bright, what inspired you to write, write this book that you wrote that's available on Amazon right now? Came out on January 15th. So what was your inspiration to write, write this book, my good brother? Well, brighter ways forward, as you mentioned, reflections on sports tech and socioeconomic mobility. I grew up playing sports, played basketball. In college, understand the role of sports and how important it is and the galvanizing impact that it has and the aspiration, aspirational uh, vehicle that it represents for so many young people and uh, grown folk. And, uh, and so I wanted to channel that, focus that, take a deep dive on the role of sports and think about what we're doing, particularly in uh, underserved or marginalized communities of color to produce so many great athletes, take a deep dive into that. Think about how we can transfer some of the same practices, some of the same culture into areas like tech, into uh, other academic areas, other areas of economic growth, uh, so that we can have a broader uh, sense of, of social and economic mobility. And so I wanted to combine the sports world, wanted to combine what was going on. I'm based here in Miami in terms of tech booming and Silicon Valley coming here and the need for us to be included and prepared uh, to be viable participants in the economy of the future, wanted to merge those two and then offer some, some, some broader reflections on society as it pertains to our individual careers, education, economics, and then our own spirituality and faith and our personal development because communities are made up of individuals. And as we can stimulate individual growth will be better as a collective. I think Dr. Bright playing sports for me, showed me diversity, showed me equity and inclusion early. It showed, because I can see an example, six years old, travel baseball team, Dominican, yeah. you know, Mexican, Guatemalan, Japanese, white, you know, it didn't matter what our backgrounds were, we was going to play baseball. But it taught me a lot about history too, as well, because I didn't think when my father told me that Dominican kids you see, he's like you too, son. Y'all the same hair. He speaks Spanish, you speak English. The Haitian yeah. kid, he speaks French. He says a point of a finger and a bold assignment as to why you have different flags behind your name, but you all have one common goal. Going to the next the next round and win a game. So do that, son. But that was for me about Dr. Bright, six years old, sports teaching me about life skills, diversity, equity, inclusion, about where more is common than we're not common. Absolutely. And, and not just race, also class, also geography, learning about people from different uh, walks of life and different areas. I, spent, I grew up in a, a small town called Martin, Tennessee, rural Northwest Tennessee, but from the age of 13, on to, uh, I left the state at 18. I spent almost every summer and most of the spring in Memphis playing AAU basketball. And so I was able to uh, just get a different experience, even with those, with those guys in Memphis and then traveling across the country playing basketball and getting to have experiences with people from other cities and getting to know about them. And then as I came to Palm Beach Community College and the University of Tampa, having teammates from, from across the country and, and that really prepared me to live now in such a uh, diverse environment like Miami. I mean, today, 
I mean, I was in Little Haiti. I was in uh, area called Alapata, which has a lot of individuals from the, from the Dominican Republic, was in Little Havana, uh, was in, um, you know, was in Liberty City, which is a tradi traditionally African-American community, all within like a 10-mile radius of each other. Uh, and so we're all, uh, we, we have a lot of the same, we have a lot of common challenges and opportunities here in Miami. And uh, I think that the more that we can learn about each other and our cultural diversity, uh, the diversity in terms of uh, how we were raised, where, where we, were, we were raised, uh, the, the better we'll be. And uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned diversity, equity, and inclusion, because we're also in the midst of uh, the equality and inclusion campaign across college basketball right now, the second year in a row. And uh, it's really, really meaningful this year because the governor of Florida has just come out and said that he wants to defund diversity, equity, and inclusion in higher education in the state of Florida. So wow. it's even more meaningful that in every other state, you're going to have uh, Division One men's and women's college basketball programs uh, saying, championing diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, both on the court and in many uh institutions like the University of Massachusetts, like Cleveland State, are expanding it and doing programming across the week. So, I mean, it's 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 going to be, it's really, really taking off. Uh, I'll be, I'm not sure when this show is going to air, but I'll be in Auburn uh, for South Carolina, Auburn uh, women's basketball uh, this week, tomorrow. Uh, Georgia, Georgia is hosting Ole Miss for Equality and Inclusion Night. And so it's just sending a powerful message across the country that diversity, equity, and inclusion is important and that sports can be a galvanizing force, both for players, for coaches, and for fan bases uh, to be able to learn more about each other and to highlight important social issues. And we're, we're, we're trying to create the environment for that to happen, create the climate. Dr. Brown, I do believe sports can be a vehicle for social change. I think your book touches on that too. I do believe that it can happen because with sports, we're playing a game and we come come together to play a game. But in playing that game, we all learn about each other. We all become one of family. So I, I feel like when I play football, I got, I got over 500 teammates who I can still talk to build the group tech we have. So that, that, I feel like that right there, because it gives you that point of entry to say, hey, Learn, let me learn more about where my guy came from, his back. I can go home with him to learn about what makes him who he is. So I feel like sports can be a vehicle, as mentioned in your book, for social social, social I feel like it, it helps open the door, breaks that ice a little bit for us all. Yeah, you mentioned point of entry and a point of entry for so many things. You could be going to a game, you could be attending a game, you could be attending a camp, and that's an area for you to, to now disseminate information. Uh, and educate people about uh, various issues or about different programs that may be able to exist in the community. And I, I write about it uh, extensively in terms of it being an on-ramp, a way to introduce uh, tech and tech-oriented programming to young people so that they can have some of the fundamentals. Just like when we, we were growing up playing basketball, for example, we're learning to dribble. You learn to dribble, you learn to pass, you learn to shoot the fundamentals of the game of basketball. Uh, camps and sports can be an on-ramp for people to learn fundamentals. And I, I use tech as an example, but one of the most valuable skill sets is coding and being able to understand and learn these languages like JavaScript and Python 
and so we can introduce these concepts and this content uh, to young people at an early age through things like sports or even esports that they already enjoy, then they'll be much better positioned uh, when the ball stops bouncing to be economically uh, viable and, and, and have some skills to help them pay the bills down the road. So sports can be a, a very, very important vehicle. We've seen it uh, time again, time and again throughout history and just the platform, the vehicle uh, of it uh, in terms of the eyeballs that it attracts. Uh, I turned on, on, I was at a Denny's, took my son to Denny's, got a four-year-old son to Denny's on uh, Sunday and I walked in on a TV screen, there was uh, Don Staley and the uh, uh, University of South Carolina Gamecocks taking on the Yukon Huskies right there in Denny's. And she had the Philadelphia Eagles uh, gear on. And, but, but, you know, what just a platform uh, that if you can have or you can use that platform even for something that goes beyond the game, the, beyond sports or even to elevate an issue, an important issue, to put an issue on the agenda uh, to be considered for a policy change, it can be a very, very, very powerful weapon. And yeah, you mentioned this too, Dr. Bright. Social economic ramifications of inspiring tech, because tech is going nowhere. Tech is booming on the rise. Miami's a, now a tech hub. Silicon Valley Southeast on the beach there. It's very, so I feel like yeah. if we get, because I know for me, when I was coming up, the most I knew about was how to do some coding. I got, I got far as coding, but not further than like MS-DOS, all that kind of good stuff. But tech is booming. New technology is coming every day. I feel like if we get kids in tech early, get them that vocational skill of tech, along with sports and academics, it's all tied together. That will help boost our communities up and give us a lineage of tech that's passed all down as we, as me and, me and you age and our kids get older. It'll be that cycle for them to be successful going forward. Yeah, absolutely. In the book, it's not just words in itself, but it's also, a, it's an action plan. I mean, I'm put, we're putting this into practice right here down in Miami using the blueprint of sports. Well, one of the things that first motivated me to, to write this book was in 2007, when I first moved to Miami, uh, after having an appreciation for sports my entire life, I went to the Miami Northwestern Senior High School game. They were hosting Deerfield Beach in the state semifinal game and Northwestern was ranked number one in the country. And I had never seen that kind of excellence and precision on the football field. And I said, wow, they have the blueprint right there because there was such a standard of excellence that the coaches held the players to, the players held themselves to, the community held the team to. And I said, if we can replicate this in other areas of life, then we'll, we'll be in an incredible, incredible position. And so I'm, I'm just, the book breaks it down. So if we use tech as an example. There's an eight-part inspiring tech series. I won't go through all eight, but first part is inspiring tech dreams. So just like if you grew up and you saw the movie Hoop Dreams, uh, when Arthur A.G. and William Gates, they wanted to be Isaiah Thomas, but Isaiah Thomas and the NBA players had been mass marketed to them. So they, could, they had a dream to aspire to. And they went as far as to even... Uh, leaving the west side of Chicago and making that three-hour round-trip commute to the same high school Isaiah did because they wanted to embody that dream. And so we have to uh, – how can you aspire to be a computer engineer or, or some a tech professional when you've never met one, you've never been exposed to one? 
you don't, you don't run, you know, you've never seen what their lifestyle is. It hasn't been marketed in the same way. So uh, we can, we can, we can do that though. And we can market other professions, other career paths to young people in the same way that we do, uh, in the same way that we do sports. Now also, there's also tech, uh, inspiring tech discipline. After the dream, you got to have a lot of discipline to oh, get yes. through the very, very difficult uh, math courses, or if you want to major it in the college, or if you want to, or even to get through some of the, the Python and these kind of things here, having the kind of discipline that you have, uh, that athletes have, going to practice every day, uh, infusing those kind of competitions in, and figuring out how you can get better, and having coaches to pull the very best out of you. That's another way. Uh, and then I have we have inspiring tech uh, context. Uh, I, you can ha it's one thing if, if I tell you, boss man, go outside and go hit your hit your body up against another person, and then go out there and just run run, run a bunch of sprints and do a bunch of agility and and, and put a helmet on and, do, and you'll say, well, I'm not doing that. But if you put the context of football around it, and then the context of what football can do for you and scholarship opportunities and the, the social status that you get. You're the big man in the school and you're celebrated. You get cheered for all of that context around the content. Um, then, and these are things that, that we can infuse it. And so we're literally uh, piloting, uh, piloting this now in, the, in these same, in the feeder pattern schools of Miami uh, Northwestern that I mentioned before, Miami Central, which had the number one high school football team in the country this year. A public school in Miami-Dade County, not not IMG, not uh, Bishop Gorman, not these schools that recruit nationally. I'm talking about some 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 young people from the neighborhood mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, with inferior facilities, but but they had a system and a and a practice and a and a and a grooming pipeline that they've been in since they were four, five, six years old, and their talent has been cultivated in that pipeline. And so we're starting right now with an elementary school and a middle school piloting a program. And I part, we partnered with a Google software engineer, hero by the name, Randy Raymond. Randy Raymond, my man, he has brought the content in. Uh, we have, we've got some computer science students to help facilitate it because a lot of the reason why it's not in the schools is because who's gonna teach it? The folks exactly. that know it are, 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 are in big tech and, and they're not gonna, they're not, going you know, do the, do the teacher salary thing, you know what I'm saying? Because it's extremely expensive to live down here. And that's a policy uh, fix that we have to do too. We have to, we have to pay teachers. I write about that too. We have to, uh, I was at a, a point to one of the more black male teachers. I said, because the, especially males are expected to style for, for, for us to be the breadwinner and we ain't going where, where, where there's no bread to win. <laughs> no doubt. Put so some bread over there. And, uh, and and we'll go over there, but in the meantime, we have to find people who have the uh, the competency and the and the level of of mastery to be able to teach it. We need folks who can teach it right there in person, at least to get them started. <laughs> teach, you know, teach these coding things in person. Have somebody there, and then we can then transition it to a you know to a virtual environment if we need to. But these, I mean, we're trying to. I mean, we we picking them right here, elementary school, middle school, seeing where the talent is. We want to put that talent just like in the seventh grade when I started playing AAU basketball, because I was at a you know I was at a, a higher level and I got those kind of opportunities. We want to build a parallel kind of system around tech here, but it doesn't have to be exclusive to tech. Uh, but we're just using tech as a beta test here, and because it's booming, I, I had to I wanted to focus on tech because Miami was number one 
in America in tech job sector growth, number one in tech job sector migration, and number one in uh in rent increase. Like rent on average has gone up like 50% down here. And so you've seen, uh, we didn't land on Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley uh, and its opportunities and prices have landed on us. And many of us uh, have been faced when it's time to renew our leases or uh, with, you know, we need $1,500, $1,000, $2,000, $2,500 more a month for the exact same unit. And so another inspiring tech that I write about is inspiring tech bridges because it's not just young folk, but it's adults that now need to come oh, yeah. up with, with more money. And so we can no longer be overrepresented in these, in these low wage sectors. We have to uh, f figure out a way to break into higher wage sectors because a lot of times when we talk about economic development, we talk about you know, giving grants or helping small businesses and we got, and we got to do all that. But the economic development for, for the the vast majority of folks are getting a higher paying job in the meantime. <laughs> so we need to transition folk and build bridges for adults and build pipelines for young people and fortify and focus in and pound pound in edit uh, while we can. And uh, this is the time. There's a lot of there's a lot of here now across the country. I know prices are rising even there in Atlanta. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, I know there's a lot of challenge to go around, but also a tremendous amount of opportunity uh, for us to be included, for diverse populations to be included in the economic prosperity uh, that is also available and, and here for the taking. No doubt, Dr. Brent, tell us about the space race that you mentioned in your book. Yeah, um, I, I mentioned Randy Raymond and he, we've just been on a mission um, and we want to make access to computer science education to be the new space race. As, as John F. Kennedy challenged the country, he said, we'll get to the moon by the end of the decade, in the 1960s. We need that kind of a, that kind of a, a, a space race type of environment and commitment and mentality uh, around computer science education. Because the fact is that most schools don't even have computer science classes, period especially in the inner city. If they do have them, then maybe they don't have anyone in person that can actually teach them, if they do have it. Most don't have it. And so there's tremendous inequity uh, in terms of having access uh, to both the instruction and content of something that is going to be fundamental if you want to be a real player in this new economy. So it's a, it's a major, major issue that uh, too many of us don't know about uh, and, and don't have an understanding and a grasp of, and we have to really, really, really um, ramp up our efforts to prepare ourselves to be players in this new economy. No doubt. And like you said, economic inclusion in tech is so important. And it starts, like you said, in the schools, because as we both, uh, you mentioned, policy decisions determine who, what, what classes are funded, what's funded, you know, in Florida and Miami, they hire locally, and we know it's not controlled by people that lose to see it our well. Which be honest about that. I do watch because Miami had podcasts with Lee Corbin. I watch that. I hear what goes on down in Miami, so I hear a lot about it. But but yeah, man, economic inclusion is so important. I'm going to bring it up in your book because that's part of the system, the structure thing we have to break here is the inclusion of all people in, in get some some of that power. Not just a few people control 90% of the power, 
We need to bring that power of more for all of us involved in tech. We break that barrier now to be right. helpful 20, 30 years from now. Yeah, absolutely. It, it undergirds a lot of our issues. Um, I believe that a lot of our stress mentally, a lot of our health problems, a lot of our uh, broken relationships are grounded in, in economic deprivation. And us always being in survival mode um, and and just being stressed out all the time about money and 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 having this and and people then you know self-medicating themselves with overeating or alcohol or drugs or abuse or or you know or you name it. And so uh, we have to you know find ways to to accelerate our economic inclusion in, in the prosperity that is that is here. And like I said, it doesn't have to be, I write a lot about tech. It doesn't have to be exclusive to tech, but tech is here for the taking. And a lot of our, uh, the future of our economy is going to be tech-based. And if you want to scale a business now, uh, you can do it through technology and it can be an equalizer for you if we can get in, be early and master certain concepts to help us scale up what we're doing. Uh, because we may not have uh, the infusion of capital to be able to compete uh, with the with the brick and mortar business, you, you know, you want to jump out here and compete with Walmart or Co Costco or <laughs> or some of these major, you know, uh, international uh, conglomerates. Uh, tech can be an, an equalizer for us. And I mean, I mean, you're you're utilizing tech right now to get your message out, to get your word out. The boss man, boss man show. Yes, and I've seen how tech is uh has evolved after bright from. The old days in the studio with the automation going to now I'm on my laptop here in my basement. That from starting when I started from having to do the little button automation or turn it off and put on, hey, just sitting in my radio feed. The last 15 years. Yeah. I seen I I knew what Zoom was until 2020. Okay. <laughs> so that's how I can see it just in my radio field, media field, how tech has changed. Like like you said, we're on tech now doing this interview. From from your home and my home, that's exhibit one A tech right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, now Dr. Bright, y'all, you mentioned in your book about social economic mobility. Give us some factors that can contribute to the upward social economic mobility and the downward of it. Uh, of a, so give us some factors about this. So we can kind of get that out of your book. I have people on Amazon buy this book of yours, this fifty-eight page map that you have on Amazon.com. <laughs> Well, I'll break down socioeconomic mobility. This is in part three with educational mobility, uh, economic uh, mobility, and then career mobility. And so uh, when it comes to, uh, and, it, I, I, and I, I look at it from both an individual lens and from a societal lens. And so uh, if you look at, uh, one of the things I point to is that, you know, we look at, at our cities. For example, you talk about contributing to downward economic mobility. Uh, if we start looking at the distribution of contracts, you know, we're taxpayers and what percentage of, of city contracts, of county contracts, of, of, uh, of whatever of school board contracts are going to, uh, to, to diverse or, or minority-owned businesses. And then even if, the, even if the contracts aren't going to those let's say a uh, black owner, Hispanic owned business, those that do uh, get the contracts, uh, even if even if they're not 
um, even if they're, they're from the dominant uh, society, so, so to speak, uh, workforce participation on you know who's getting the jobs on the contract. And so being able to, to gain, to get that data, break that data down. And then if we're, if we're funding uh, these, these public-private contracts or these public-private partnerships, we should also be uh, able to not just get the contract, but we should be able to, to get work and get jobs uh, and get highly paid jobs on the contracts as well. So these are some of the things that we, that at, at the book uh, delves into and some of the some of the policy issues that we can put on the agenda. And I think that this is where sports comes in, I believe. It's, we don't have, uh, and a, a lot of times, especially, and that's why we're, we're encouraging coaches to use as we move into the conference tournaments, we move into March Madness to take a look at it. And we're not saying coaches be, uh, or players be policy experts, but you know certain issues uh, that are important. Uh, and, and we look at economics, for example, that are important both to your players and uh, to the communities where your players are from and to, to even the fan bases. And so, we can elevate some of the, some of these policies, elevate some of these solutions and some of the inequities, and just put some issues on the agenda and say, "Hey, hey policymakers, can you deal with this? You know, you know, let's deal with it. Let's come around. Let's mobilize around it because we don't have to accept the status quo, but we can create the change that we want to see. Uh, so that's and so these are some things that uh, that contribute or, or 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 that can that can play a viable role, but we have to have enough courage." to stand up, put issues on the agenda, mobilize around them, uh, come together around specific targets. And that's why diversity, equity, and inclusion is important because what's happening uh, with universities, with, uh, with many corporations is that they're coming in and they're actually uh, putting targets, putting targeted metrics. Like, like, we, like we wanna be able to create this much opportunity for certain populations of people that have been historically denied the chance. We don't, we're not saying uh, give us anything, but open up the door and we'll get it ourselves, as James Brown said. I feel like if every football, basketball player at Florida, Florida State, Miami, UCF, South Florida, said we're not playing unless you all take these policies, Florida would change. Yes. If all them got together, because you need us to play and entertain you on Saturdays. It's, so if you all get together, to say if you don't do these things, we ain't playing. You can't take our all scholarships. Yeah, we and they have we they have all the leverage. They have they have all the power. They have all the they have all the leverage. And uh, and I agree. I mean, if you don't want diversity, equity, and inclusion on campus, then we don't have to give it to you on the football field. Exactly. You don't have to give it to you on the football. Field. That's how the that's how the Confederate flag came off the Mississippi State flag. Uh, Mississippi State running back Kylan Hill a few years ago said that I'm transferring if you all don't take the Confederate flag off the state flag. And if I'm not mistaken, within a week, the coaches they all came to Jackson. Capital. They came to Jackson. <laughs> and it was damn bad. Hey, we can't lose these recruits. <laughs> we, can't, we can't lose these recruits. So that's the kind of leverage that's just raising our level of consciousness and being aware of the power that we have and the influence that we have uh, as a community, and especially, you know, the, those young men who are in that window of eligibility. <laughs> yeah, you, Kylan Hill, it wouldn't mean as much right now if he's not, he can't play for Mississippi State. But when you, you have the window of opportunity, you got to understand that people 
paid a price for you to even have the opportunity to do it. And so at some point there's a responsibility for those uh, that have a certain platform to utilize it, you know, for the benefit of the masses, because somebody utilize it to benefit you. You know, Dr. Bright also, but focus on individual development as well. Talk about how this help people better themselves and get the bigger purpose, the bigger, bigger mission in life as we come into right here with the players. Hey, it's bigger than this, put on that Gator uniform or that similar uniform. We can all come together and strengthen our numbers and push back on that dude in Tallahassee doing, who's running out of control. <laughs> well, it's, you know, and it moves on. And a lot of it is through some of, through some of my personal experience and just lessons that I've that I've learned teaching at five different universities, being an administrator um, at both higher ed and K-12 and nonprofit government. So there's, there's just some career tips and some tips that that uh, student athletes in particular or, or college students in general can do to prepare themselves for the workforce and, and to be able to, 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 to prepare for the transition uh, after the game and after the sport. And if that's uh, different ways to get internships or uh, different ways to study, study habits, uh, being able to cultivate those in high school uh, and in college. And then, uh, and then the spiritual part, uh, you know, I talk that there's a piece, there's a lot, a lot in there about how to, how to activate and use faith uh, and not just from a, a, a religious doctrine type of standpoint, but just, uh, you know, being backed up against the wall as life will have you and having faith that I believe in God for the universe will make a way for you. I believe that God, you know, God, believe that God will make a way for you. Uh, and so just utilizing faith to overactive, the active activation of faith and utilizing it to overcome, uh, to overcome adversity and, and being able to tap into it, not, not waiting until, you know, we're up against the wall that we're not, not waiting until we're at a red sea moment as I, as a, a biblical reference with Pharaoh chasing us from behind and the Red Sea in front of us. No doubt. And now and now we have to tap into faith, but now we can tap into it. Uh, you know, we can tap into it consciously and use it to to push past some of our uh, some of our obstacles. And so these are the these are the things that we address address in, in part four, uh, different different ways and strategies to overcome and deal with uh, the pressures of life and uh, and and utilizing uh, pressure to produce diamonds, uh, embracing the pressure, embracing challenges, uh, letting that, uh, you know, utilizing different things like meditation and, and uh, different different ways to center ourselves in, in whatever can give us uh, encouragement and the fortitude to keep going and keep pushing in our, in our broader purpose. And then the missions, the different missions that are attached to the bigger purpose. So all of that is in uh, part four. It's a multi-dimensional book. Sports, tech, socioeconomic mobility, brighter ways forward. Get it on Amazon.com. Also, you know, check out what's going on with Rising Coaches and the Rising Coaches DEI Alliance. Uh, the second year, a historic year campaign going on right now across college basketball. You know, this is a way now to, if there are issues that are important to you and the listening audience to be able to connect them to your local uh, sports team. If you're in Atlanta, uh, like I said, University of Georgia is doing it, Georgia Tech is doing it, Georgia State's doing it, Kennesaw State, 
And so if there are some issues there in Atlanta, for example, uh, there are a lot. Elevate, well, hey, let's, you know, let's, this is the time now we can mobilize around, you know, some certain issues and be on one accord, so to speak, and, uh, and, and connect with these athletic departments, which are uh, 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 on ramp to the broader institution in itself. So when I, when I see Georgia State basketball, I'm thinking about uh, the tremendous president that they have there, uh, a friend of mine, Dr. Brian Blake. Uh, I'm thinking about the, the great uh, associate athletic director, Ms. Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Rogers. And uh, I was there, their Equality and Inclusion Night campaign last year. And she was influential in getting the entire Sun Belt Conference to adopt Equality and Inclusion Night. And that's Southern Mississippi. That's, uh, you know, that is Georgia Southern. That's, that's a Marshall. That's a number of different institutions. And they're hosting a conference-wide. And so that's just how a movement uh, can expand, open that the movement will, will penetrate even now in Florida, where it, where it means so much. Uh, but we'll, we're going to at least get the other 49 states, and hopefully we'll get Florida as well, one way or another. I hear that, folks. This is Dr. Marcus Byron, the Boston Man Show. Get his book today, Brighter Ways Forward, Breakfast on Sports, Tech, Social Economic Mobility. Dr. Bright, good to talk to you again, my brother. We got to do this again real soon, man. Best look on this book, man. I get me a copy here real soon, man. Get it on Amazon.com today, 1999, 2.8 pages. Read it, learn it, absorb it, play it to action. Action plan for you people. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Thank you, boss, man. Appreciate you having me on. Inside, brother. Is your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro, college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You always find latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use your promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts, was a proud sponsor of the Boss Man Show on your radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.